Welcome to the Georgetown Baptist Church Sermon Podcast, where we share sermons from our most recent worship services. To learn more about GBC, please visit us online at georgetownbaptist.org. I've shared with uh, some of you already that uh, when I was in high school, I did marching band. And I did marching band because when my oldest brother was getting ready to go into high school, my dad bought a trumpet. And my dad told my oldest brother, you're going to play in the marching band and you can play any instrument you want as long as it's this trumpet right here. And then when my middle brother went into high school, my dad said, you're going to play in marching band and you can play any instrument you want as long as it's this trumpet right here. And so as I got ready to go to high school, uh, guess what the choice given to me was, was this trumpet. And so I I played in marching band all four years, and my senior year, I was uh, elected as one of the band officers. Now we had 200 to 220 people marching, and so the drum majors and the band captain had all of sort of the important sort of face jobs that every, they always had to be present, always had to be doing all sorts of stuff, and all the second lieutenants had to do all the grunt work. But I was a first lieutenant, and in the midst of the bureaucracy of the band, no one could tell me what the first lieutenant did, so I walked around and pointed at people and nodded, and that kept me out of having to do a lot of work. You just, hey, looking good, doing great, all right. Good job, sounds great, sounds great. And that worked for almost the entire season until we got right before a competition. The band director had taken the drum majors and the band captain off to go talk about something, and the second lieutenants were busy packing all of the stuff up that needed to go to the competition, but we still had the band and they were still practicing And so the percussion instructor guy, who no one ever saw except the uh, percussion drumline, he was in charge, and he said, okay, uh, officers, I need an officer to run block, which is, uh, you know, which involves you sort of keeping time and everybody sort of practicing marching. And this is where it turned out to be a problem, because while I can uh, do that, And I can walk. I cannot do both of them at the same time successfully. And when asked to do it, a cold fear runs down my spine about what's going to happen. It's the same fear that happens sometimes in this service when the praise team is doing an incredible job and they're playing this unbelievable music leading us in worship and someone up here makes the motion that they want everybody out in the congregation to start clapping. A chill hits me because... I can either clap or I can sing, but I can't do both. You get one or the other. And so if I'm singing, it's going to look like I don't care enough to clap. Like I'm just locked in eye contact with the person telling me to clap, and I'm going, pass. Nope, not going to do it. Uh -uh. Uh-uh. I'm not feeling it. Maybe if you all played better, maybe. No. (laughs) But if I start clapping, I'm going to have to stop singing, at which point, you know, everybody thinks they're the center of attention. You all don't care about me. But at which point I think... They're going to go, why isn't Patrick singing? Is there something wrong? Do we, is it bad? Does he not like us? Is there something mean? What's going on? And so it gets in my head, and I do a little bit of both. And so I do the thing where 
and then sing, and then sing, and, and it just, and when it dies out, there's not a person in the room happier. Then I go, okay, okay, all right, dodge the bullet again. Anyway, no one else is available. The guy, the percussion guy goes, you, you're an officer, right? And I look around, looking for a more officer officer, and I go, yeah. And he goes, get your sticks, you're leading block. Well, we're all in it now. And so I take them, and 200-something people start moving because I'm doing this. And at first, I'm going, it's working. I'm doing it, it's working, it's good, it's good. And then I realized, I've sped up. <laughs> now I have two options at this point. I could gradually slow back down. Or like a crazy person, I could do this. And overcompensate. At which point, a Keystone cop sort of like, some people are still walking at the old speed, some people are walking at the new speed, and they're walking into each other. The percussion guy stops, because I've gotten to the very, very back. He's up at the front, and I want to get as far away from him as possible. He stops, and he goes, what was that? What was that, band officers? Now, here is where leaders stand up and go, that was me. That was me. I did that. I'm sorry. What I did, I, I promise you, this is what I did. I hid behind the people marching, and I stuck my head out and went, I don't know, I'll figure out who it is. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. We got it. He was like, okay, don't let it happen again. And then it's silent, because he's expecting me to do it again. <sighs> All right, we got it. We're just going to stay focused this time, because we're going to make sure... We don't, nope, 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 too slow. Okay, all right. Oh, nope, now, now I don't even remember what the original speed, what am I supposed to, and, and finally, um, he stops it again and he goes, can you guys not do that? And again, this is the point where you go, I'm sorry, that was me. I throw the sticks <laughs> over here and go, I'm trying to figure out who it is. I'll let you know, why don't you just do it? And I'm pointing behind me, there's no one behind me. I'm pointing behind me that they're the, they're the problem. And he finally gets mad enough that he takes the sticks and starts doing it, which feels like a win to me. Um, I don't think I learned the lesson that I needed to learn there. But the idea is on my own when I'm trying to do all of these different things, when I have, which all of these different things would be two things for me, granted. But when I'm trying to do all of these different things, Without a director, without someone guiding, without someone helping me keep pace on where I need to go and when I need to do it, I'm just going to go at whatever speed happens to feel right to me at the moment, and who knows what that's going to mean for me or for anybody else. We are continuing our series, The Songs of Christmas, as we are preparing and anticipating the birth of Jesus. And during this Advent season, we uh, talked last week about the unique and the special character of Advent, that it is a season of already. It is a season where we celebrate and rejoice what God did so many years ago with Jesus coming to live and to teach and to model and to die and to rise again. And we talked about the, 
the already of our faith and how excited we are again to tell the story, to remember and reflect on that. But Advent isn't just already. At the same time, it is not yet. We are anticipating Christ's return. We are anticipating that just as Jesus came and ushered in new life and the, and the kingdom of God, one day God will return and the kingdom will be fulfilled. All that is wrong will be made right and all that is ugly will be beautiful. And so Advent is the season where we celebrate the already, but we hold on to the not yet. And we're looking at four different uh, four uh, different songs that we encounter in the scriptures right around Jesus' birth. Last week, we talked about a guy named Zechariah. Zechariah was John the Baptist's father, and for decades, he and his wife had prayed for a baby, and it never came. And so one day in the temple, Zechariah is doing his job, and God shows up, an angel shows up and says, Zechariah, your prayers have been heard. Great news! You and Elizabeth are going to have a baby. And Zacharias says, prove it. No way. That's not going to happen. Are you kidding me? No way. Zechariah does not want to get his hopes up. Zechariah has already heard this song before, and he thinks he knows how the song's going to go. And he says, don't, don't promise me something that you can't deliver. And Zechariah had to learn that when you've already decided how the song's going to go, you miss out on the new thing that God is doing. But this week, something completely different is happening. Because this week we have a man named Simeon. Now we're jumping ahead to Jesus already being born. And eight days after his birth, Mary and Joseph take Jesus to the temple. And so uh, let's hear again a little bit of this. We're going to jump in in verse 25 of chapter 2 of Luke. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation in the, to the Gentiles, and for glory to your people Israel. Now this is a song. This little burst, burst out in song holding Jesus. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Now, uh, in the months that I've been here, I haven't had a chance to do a baby dedication here, so I don't know how you all do them. Um, let me tell you how I've never had it done before. I've never had a brand new baby being brought into the service by parents, especially a firstborn, brought into a service, brand new baby. 
and an old man suddenly show up, grab the baby, hold the baby up, burst out into song, give the baby back, tell the mom, You're, this, this baby's going to cause pain for a bunch of people, especially you. And then as they're leaving, they say, and the Greek is clearer in this than the English is, all right, Jesus, I can die now. That's it. I'm done. Maybe that is how y'all do it here. Okay. All right. Well, uh, I'll, we'll just have to go over that the first time. So, but the... It is so unusual and so weird and so different that it has to force us to go, what is happening here? So to make sense of what's going on, we have to go back and look at who Simeon is. And what it says about Simeon is he's righteous and devout. But the next thing it says is that he is looking for the consolation of Israel. That is what he has been looking for. Now, the consolation of Israel is another name for the Messiah, the one who is going to come and make all things right. But what I love about the term consolation of Israel is this sense of consolation is the removal of grief and sorrow. That when the Messiah comes, all of those things that cause you to have your heart to be broken, all of those things that keep you up late at night grieving, and hurting, all of those things that are so ridiculously unfair, it makes you want to scream. When the Messiah comes, all of those are made right. We are consoled. We are, made, we are brought back into the way things could be and should be. And the Messiah is the one that's going to do that. Simeon is faithful in prayer, faithful in worship, faithful in serving God. And he is looking for the Messiah. And God has told him that he's going to see the Messiah before he dies. The other piece, the other thing that we want to look at when we look at Simeon, and this is something that I've mentioned before on Wednesday nights or Sunday nights, but it's one of the things that if you notice that words, phrases, names, something are repeated in Scripture, you need to pay attention because it's not an accident. So, when it says there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout, he was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. This is important. The Holy Spirit is on Simeon. The Holy Spirit is the one who is leading and guiding and speaking to Simeon. The Holy Spirit is the one who is spurring him, you need to go to the temple now. The Messiah is there. What I love about this is the way that the Holy Spirit is inviting Simeon into this experience is the same way that the Holy Spirit has an invitation for us. It's the same way that God is singing over us as much as God was singing over all of them. And as the Holy Spirit spurred Simeon to go, you need to get up, you need to go, the one you are waiting for will be right there. In the same way, if you are a follower of Christ, the Holy Spirit is there to guide and direct and to point you not only where you need to go, but how you need to go. To get there. It is as if God has given us a director to keep us not just pointed in the right direction so that we all land in the same place. I mean, my, uh, my drumstick uh, clicking for, the, for the, the band, we were all heading in the same direction. We were all eventually going to get there. Now, 
some of us maybe a little more bumped and bruised than others if they keep running into you, but we were all eventually going to get there. It's not just the end destination that matters. It's the pace and the guidance and knowing this is the time to move, knowing this is the time to go, knowing this is the time to wait. Because what the Holy Spirit did in this story for Simeon is serve as the director of the music, as serve as the one who says it's time to rest, it's time to stop, and now it's time to go. So I wonder, as we are examining and reflecting on the songs of Christmas, as we're reflecting on the song that God wants to sing in our lives and through our lives to the world, it's important to remember that we can't assume we already have the answers like Zachariah did. We can't assume, yeah, 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 God, I know that, I know that, it doesn't matter. I can just sing the same song over and over and go through the motions like I've always gone through them. As long as I just check the boxes, it's going to be fine. It doesn't work like that. God is always doing something new and moving in some new direction. But it also matters how you go. It matters the pace you go. And it matters. There are times, and you don't have to live very long to know, there are times that the wisest thing you could have done in this moment is simply to stay put and sit with your mouth shut. Some of us, it takes a long time to learn those. In the same way, there are times where you have to move. There are times where you have to go. There are times where sitting still is simply not what the music calls for. And as God is working and moving in you, as you are looking at the world and your own life and seeing so much broken and so much hurt, as you are seeing the problems and the struggles and the things that you come up against, the things that look bigger than you know how to handle, the things that look beyond what you know what to do, do we trust the Holy Spirit to be the director, to be the conductor, to be the one that guides and helps us know in this moment, in this place, we rest. And in this moment, and in this place, we move. And all we have to do is listen and respond. It's not your job to come up with the, the, pro, with the solutions to the problems. It's not your job to put everybody in place and to solve all of the issues, and to tie it all up in a nice, tidy bow, that's not your job. You are called to simply be part of the choir, to, be, to add your voice to everybody else that is seeking to sing the song of God. And when we are all listening to the conductor at the same time, we have the opportunity to make beautiful music. This is what God's calling us to, and this is who we are called to be, to be the kind of people like Simeon who stop when they need to stop, who wait when they need to wait, and then who jump in when they are called to do that by the conductor. I don't know what your life looks like, and I don't know what you are struggling with. I don't know where the notes are sour and out of tune and things don't seem to be working right, but what I do know is that the good news of Christmas is an invitation for you to have your song join with the song of all the other faithful people so that together we are singing of the good news and by singing together somehow we are transformed and God uses that to work on the transformation of the world. This 
is what we are invited to be a part of. This is what we are called to do, to simply listen to the conductor, the Holy Spirit, and then respond. What will you do? Would you pray with me? God, we thank you for your love and your grace. We thank you for the spirit which guides and directs us. We pray, God, that we will still our hearts and our minds so that we can hear, so that we can listen. God, help us to join in with your song for the world. Transform us as you seek to transform the world. We love you. We praise you. We thank you. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.